0: my people. We're back and better than ever. This is Conspiracy Club. I am your illustrious host, Emir, and I'm joined once again by my lovely co-host, Tom. Say hello to the audience.
1: Howdy, audience.
0: Hello to everyone as well. Are you ready to dive deep back into the world of wrestling?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. After Uh, a plane ride from hell, I'm ready for whatever else the world of wrestling has to offer us.
0: Well, here we go. Do I have a little story to tell all of you about two wrestlers who turned a simple argument into a match that risked their lives and left one on the edge of death and the other one out of a job? Well, before we get into this moment, let me give you a little backstory on the two competitors who turned an argument into a bloodbath. Now ring that bell. I'm gonna ring a bell here. I'm just letting you know. Ah, I can't wait. Okay, let me give you a little backstory. Of where the world of wrestling was at this point. It was the year 1993, and WCW, also known as World Championship Wrestling, is in the middle of starting a tour of the United Kingdom on October 27th. At this point in history, WCW is the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world due to the WWF, now known as WWE, its continued dominance over the world of wrestling. That would later change in 1995, but that's a story for a different time and a different show. However, back to our guys in the UK. In the small town of Blackburn in the northwest region of the United Kingdom, the boys, which was a term for the wrestlers on the roster at the time, were meeting at a hotel bar to have a few drinks, which if you listen to our past episode about the plane ride from hell, liquor and wrestling always creates a very tense situation. Since most guys at that time were on steroids and many other drugs to deal with the grueling schedule of being a wrestler. So as the night went on, the more loaded the guys got, the more talkative and honest some became. This led to a wrestler, Arn Anderson, overhearing a conversation where the question was asked, what is the biggest problem in wrestling today? Another wrestler named Sid Vicious, also known as Sid Justice, Sid Steele, Psycho Sid, many other alterations on the name Sid, but not the murderer and the singer that you were thinking of. However, this one almost was one after this night. But back to the story, Sid Vicious's response was, The biggest problem in wrestling today is Ric Flair. This pissed off Arn Anderson because he was a groupmate of Ric Flair, as they both took part in the legendary wrestling group The Four Horsemen. This group, which was led by Flair, also contains Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Branchard, and many other wrestlers throughout those years in history. Those four men were the biggest group in WCW at the time and basically dominated every storyline and Flair still believed he deserved more money in WCW. This upset many guys like Sid who ironically enough was also a member of the Horsemen at some point. Before that, uh, Sid who was also promised to be soon booked as a WCW World Champion wanted his spot in the sunshine but Flair reportedly did not want him there and one of the bookers was Ole Anderson who was also in the Four Horsemen since the beginning, so Flair's opinion went a long way, but this led to Arn confronting Sid. This is where the story takes a turn. How are you feeling about this so far?
1: If I think back to when we covered the plane ride from hell, wasn't Ric Flair like a really big antagonist on that flight?
0: Yeah, he uh, had his robe on, and he opened it up and helicoptered his dick. Oh, that's so, right, Flair, yeah. yeah.
1: He's got a, a handful of some sexual misconduct.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, okay. It's ironic because right after we did this show, like, that show, a bigger, like, show on Viceland covered the story. And Flair got canceled for a bit, man. They still, all his podcasting was done. Like, they took him off of shows. WWE, wow. WWE got rid of him for a tiny bit. They brought him back. But, like, it was, like, a, a different time. Like, it was a short time. Like, it wasn't, like, when Hulk Hogan said, like, you know, niggas like (laughs) Hulk Hogan like he stayed like he was gone for a long time was
1: that Hulk Hogan or was that Terry that was Terry oh that was
0: Terry he does split yes yes according to the Gawker trial they're two different people you know Terry doesn't have a 13 inch penis but Hulk Hogan does
1: and Terry says the n-word
0: yeah Terry says the n-word but he likes to as he calls it the blizzacks blizzacks That's what they say, the Blazak peoples.
1: Well, I would just say, starting out this then, I think I might be on the side of fuck Ric Flair.
0: Yeah. Uh, at this point, Ric Flair is like the biggest wrestler in WCW. He was like the one guy at that time where like Vince didn't quite get his hands on. He did, though, around this time. Like in 1992, uh, Flair had went to WWE because they wanted him out of WCW. So he went to the WWE for a bit. And he stayed there for a year. He won the Royal Rumble and like, you know, all that. But then he left because Hulk Hogan was like the top guy for sure. And like Hulk refused to do anything with him unless like Flair agreed to lose to him. And Mm -hmm. Flair did not agree to lose to him. So then Hogan left, or no, then Flair left and went back to WCW because it's like, I'd rather be the king of my pond than having to be just another fish in this, in, in Hulk Hogan's ocean. Which, ironically enough, then Hulk Hogan later follows him to WCW and then gets him pushed further down the ladder.
1: Why do they call Ric Flair Nature Boy?
0: He stole that name from the guy who was also named uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers back in the olden days. He completely stole Buddy Rogers' entire gimmick and everything. Really? And then redid it. Yes, he redid it and then changed it to Ric Flair. Cause his real name is Richard Fluor. Oh, yeah. really? Yes, so it's like he stole his stuff, came back to like the now and kept doing it, and now he's just known as the bigger nature boy,
1: right? Well, I hope somebody puts him in the figure for leg lock,
0: not in this story. Ah, oh. but uh, he does have those charges against him, so I mean, and he's on his like sixth wife, like Flair didn't live a happy life, right? Okay. He's broke, you know. Yeah, you a know, wrestler's get.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: But, yeah. So, back to the story. As Arn is gaining the face of Sid, people are attempting to break the fight up. But during the commotion, Arn grabs a beer bottle and breaks it open and attempts to stab... He attempts to stab Sid with it like he was in an action movie. It, Doug Dillinger, who was security guard, grabs Arn and Sid yells, No, motherfucker. This ain't how this is going down. So he rushes back to his room breaks off a chair leg, and goes back downstairs with the mindset of taking that chair leg and bashing Arn over the head with it. And when he arrives, no one is there. Everyone had dispersed and been sent back up to their rooms, but this was not enough for Sid, so he went on the hunt for some good old Arne Anderson.
1: I, I so, didn't say a second ago, but being like, there is a much more famous Sid Vicious, who also has maybe killed somebody, to then be yeah. like, I think I'm going to be Sid Vicious too. Maybe not the yeah. best sense of judgment on this guy.
0: So, Sid had like eight different Sids. Like, it was Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, Sid, like, Psycho Sid, Psycho Sid with the S, like, Sation. Like, it was just, I don't know. Like, anything when you can think of Sid like he did with that name. I don't know why he chose it. I think it was because, like, they were such a big group at the time that he was going by Sid Vicious, but also was like just a cool name. But I think like after what Sid that Sid Vicious did, I think he ended up changing it. Oh, really? It too, yeah. I don't think it went well. Like he might've kept doing it, but he probably just hoped that people didn't put the two and two together. Wrestling fans don't. It'd be like,
1: if I was like, I'm joining the, Je- the WWE, and my name, Jerry Lee Lewis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have, we do have Jerry the King. We have that's close. Okay. We have Jerry the King Lewis. <laughs> okay. I mean Lawler. So it's you know, and he also liked him young. Oh but, no, uh, yeah. Uh, he so after Arn Anderson gets all upset and he's like all up in his face, and then Sid's like, "What's up, bro?" And he takes that bottle, he breaks it. I don't know if it was a perfect break, because that's really not possible. So I don't know what his mindset was. He was like, let's do this. And then, like, they broke it up, but Sid was like, nah, I gotta get mine. I gotta get my get back. He went and he's seen a chair leg. And, like, Sid is huge. Like, he's like six foot something, like 250. Like, he was a fucking, he was a brick house at the time. So he breaks that chair apart and he's like, I'm coming down here, I'm getting mine. But, you know, I ain't there.
1: Do you think that when wrestlers get in altercations outside of the ring, like on their own time, do you think that they just bring like the most craziest shit they possibly can out of their bag because they're like all trained and the showmanship of it all? Like, do you think he was like, "Hell yeah, I'll break a beer bottle open and grab a chair," or, "Where's there a ladder around?"
0: I mean, at this point, because of like wrestlers still had to pretend like this is at the point, like nowadays, like wrestlers, we all know are just normal people. And a lot of people like this is, this shit is scripted. Like we don't care mm-hmm. or like, depends on who you ask, but it's fucking fake, dude. It's fucking fake. I need you to know that it's fucking fake. But a lot of them, since they're like human beings now, everyone's just like, but back then, like you had to live who you were 24 seven. So. No, a lot of them just couldn't fight anyway, so they would get beat up. But then you had like your special occasions of some guys, they carried like that, you know, that thing on them. Or like, you know, like there was a wrestler, one of the Rock's uncles or something. He's related to Rock somehow. They have a big ass family. But uh, his name was uh, Aku um, or Tama. And he was just known to just beat people up. Like he bit a guy's nose off. He Whoa! The, he put his fingers in a guy's eye. Uh, he fought eight dudes at one time. Like he was, he was that guy that no one messed with. Like the cops There's even it. were like, bro. Like they would send because they were in the area. They would send like their family members up there to be like, can you calm him down? Because I don't want to <laughs> have to. I don't want to have to risk it, man.
1: Was he huge then, like the Rock?
0: Bigger. Like he was. Like he's Samoan. Oh, yeah. Have you ever met a Samoan person that wasn't, like, the size of an NFL linebacker?
1: Well, you know who No, that's fair. The only... I guess I didn't even think about that he is Samoan. The Samoan I think of, which is probably, like, I'm the only one, or one of very few when I think of the uh, wrestling, is Umaga.
0: So, back into it. Sid, who's now on the hunt for Arn, went to the one place that he knew he would be, that being his hotel room. When he got there, he began to bang on Arne's door yelling, come on out here, Arne, and bring your beer bottle. Then he hears Arne falling in his room and scrambling around. This gave Sid time to stop and think to himself how stupid this whole thing was, which makes him come to the senses, and he throws a chair leg down the hallway 20 feet, which was according to the police report. The reason why, because they end up bringing it later on that he says that uh, Sid used it. He didn't. It was all the way down the hallway. But once he begins to walk away, Arne bursts out his hotel door, holding a pair of scissors. And city yells, Hey man, this is going too far. Arne then rushes him and they start fighting. He punches Arne and knocks the scissors out of his hand. And without realizing that Arne has stabbed him in the stomach, the scissors really fell outside of his stomach. Like when they were fighting, the scissors just dropped onto the floor and he thought that he punched him out of his hands. Actually, they were already in his gut, and he fell out. And this led to a very nasty scar on Sid They still has to this day. However, after this, Arn leaps for the scissors again. But luckily for Sid, he got to them first. And after Sid got to them, all he saw was red. I'm going to continue with it in a little bit, but I'm going to take a break here. And I'm going to say... uh. It got really bad. So when he went up there, he said that he was talking to, he was banging on the door and he was like, he felt like Arn was talking to like three different people. Oh. And then like, he just walked away. He was like, all right, I'm just going to go back to my room. It's a waste of my time to even do this. And like, while he was doing that, that's when Arn like was falling around his room. Clearly, he was looking for something. And so he grabbed the first thing he saw, which was a pair of scissors.
1: So did Sid have the the chair leg, initially? No.
0: He well, he walked to the door with it. And he banged on it, and he had the chair leg. But after like they, after he heard arm, like fumbling around, he took that second. He was like, just just like really dumb. Like, we look at me right. And now, then I'm he stared down like the door. hall,
1: and he was probably and like, he, oh, damn he, it!"
0: Yeah, you know, at that moment he felt like I shouldn't do that chair leg. This chair leg will really come in handy. But that didn't happen for him. It oh. ended up working out, though. He ended up getting the scissors.
1: So where did the chair leg come from?
0: Uh, it was in his uh, hotel room. He just,
1: like, broke a he chair. and
0: Broke a chair, took the leg off it, went out in the hallway to go to work.
1: Fair enough. That's crazy. That's like bringing a knife to a fist fight. That's crazy.
0: Uh, he thought it was, but like I said, he ended up getting the knife or the scissors anyway. He Mm -hmm. got scissors anyway, so it all worked out. So yeah. After, as the hotel goers went into the hallway before the police arrived, they said the entire hallway was covered in blood, and Sid was kicking iron in the head. After the fight, another wrestler, Big Vader, ran into the hallway and saw a bleeding Sid gushing blood from his stomach. And his one idea was to stick his thumb in it which stopped the bleeding for a bit and then once the uh, police or once the hospital came and the, like everybody came he kind of put a towel there to stop it so Arnold was still collapsed on the floor and both men were rushed to the hospital after this the police attempted to have sid press charges but he refused to because you never talked to the cops about the boys and as he said both guys made mistakes this led to the police to say hey your so-called friend doesn't have one scratch on him. And this made Sid decide to press charges, since he had a few cuts on his face and the stab to the stomach that required surgery. And Sid was not sure if he had stabbed Arn or not, because all he saw was red. And he had no remembrance of what happened that night after he got to the hospital. So after the stabbing, he just forgot everything. And luckily for Arn, so he didn't get charged pressed against him, a nurse came into Sid's room and said, you're friend's kind of very messed up so he dropped the charges
1: wow that's crazy
0: so so
1: big vader watched too many cartoons as a kid is my thought and he saw all those like cartoons where there's like a hole in a boat and you stick your finger right in it and he was like what's the difference
0: Vader is weird dude. He's one of the dudes who also got like his, his eye literally popped out of the socket during a match and he continued the match. Like Vader was just, he was different. Yeah, he was different. This is back in a wild, wild west days. Like they used to just go through these moments, but his mindset was like, I'm going to stop the bleeding from happening. Like I'm going to save him. So let me put my thumb in here and like stop it. That had
1: to hurt like crazy.
0: Well, like Sid said, because this was like two different interviews. So Sid's like, I mean, I don't know if that happened. Like, I can't really remember. I just know I did see Vader. So I don't know if he helped me or not. (laughs) (laughs) But he was like, after, like, after he, I realized he stabbed me and I got those scissors, I don't remember, which I think is a lie. I think he just said that. So like when the police came, people were like, I don't know, because back then, like, they treated wrestling like it was literally like you were in a gang. He's like, I can't snitch on a gang. That's one of the guys. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, actually, that's your
1: job. You're a performer.
0: Not back then. That was <laughs> your life. That was who you were. You were that person 24-7. And one of the guys is one of the guys. You can't snitch on one of the guys. So they, they're the only people who get you.
1: So were all three of these guys—Big Vader and Sid and Arn—were they all heels or where where were they aligned?
0: Um, Sid might have been a face okay. at the time. Arn was definitely a heel. If you're in the Four Horsemen, you're always eternally a heel, basically. Okay. Vader, you never know, because Vader sometimes he probably was a heel, because he's like the big, you know, bad guy. Usually, like, the heels stayed with the heels and the faces stayed with the faces at the time. Like, they traveled together and all that to keep it, like, split down so people wouldn't be able to... If you saw a match, you wouldn't know the difference. Mm. Like, it was for, like, if anyone accidentally ran into them, they'd be like, Whoa, like, the heels are hanging out with the heels. They wouldn't be like, We just each other. Oh, you hanging out. <laughs> like, like, it's so... The levels that they used to go to in order to hide that it was all scripted was just idiotic in retrospect.
1: So what were the injuries that Arn sustained?
0: Oh, I'm gonna get into it. Like it's in the very next it's in the very next But when
1: they show up, he's unconscious, he's all bloody. Yes. Gotcha.
0: He was when they showed up, he was unconscious, bloodied, literally wasn't moving. They just took him to the hospital, but the police, my favorite part is the police lying, because they were like, "Somebody going to jail today. I drove out here, somebody's going to jail. And for him to go like, he doesn't have a scratch on him. Just to see if he would press charges, even though like, "Ah, bro, you got, like, even, okay, Sid, you got the knife. Like, you got the scissors. What do you think happened? Right. Like, he was laying down. You think that was your blood in that hallway, Sid? And for the cop to say that, like, you think he would be lying to you? Like, what do you mean? Well, he was, well, he was clearly lying.
1: Wait, well, he didn't know he had been stabbed at
0: that point? He in didn't it? know that, yeah, he didn't know that Arne had been stabbed. He thought that the cop, like, because the cop said your friend didn't get stabbed at all. So he was like, all right, well, I guess I'll, you know, press charges. If he didn't get any damage, then he's going to jail. something has got to come out of him. Wasn't he the, wait,
1: just to be clear, he was like, there's no scratches on him? The guy that was unconscious on the ground?
0: Yes, yes. Okay. That's what he said. He said that the guy unconscious on the ground had not a single scratch on him.
1: Wow, he must be a terrible fighter then, because he was kicking him in the head.
0: That's what the cops said. Like, that was the cops were, they were blatantly lying. And then the nurse came, and the nurse was like, Sid, he's pretty fucking, he's going. Which we'll get into now. The following day, Ted Turner, who owned WCW at the time, Billionaire Ted, also earned TBS and all that, Brenda ended the tour early, and Dusty Rose, who was the main booker at the time, who was the guy who set up the storyline, he sent Sid around to everyone backstage in order to apologize for what had happened. Sid had a lot of respect for Arn and was very torn up about what happened, so he then asked the guys what Arn had to say about the event, and Arn said that he did not remember the event even taking place. As he was so drunk. At the end of the day, though, Art Anderson was stabbed 20 times in the chest. Sid, on the other hand, walked away with only four stab wounds, one of them being the stomach one and the other ones being minor cuts, and both men survived and were transported, or no, were deported back to the United States, and no charges were pressed. This ended Sid's career in the WCW as he was fired for the next six years, and then they let him back in in 1998. And Arn stayed with the company for a little bit till its closure in 2001, but he was only suspended. And today, they're friends again. And Sid apologized, and they've gone on to work again and see and do many different storylines. But what do you feel about that? It's Twenty damn times. That's crazy.
1: In the chest. I mean, talking about seeing red. Oh my gosh.
0: And he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember. Well, neither of them remember it. I mean, Arn, I'll give him.
1: He got kicked in the head. (laughs) Because, like,
0: you get kicked in the head and stabbed 20 times, I feel like you'll probably forget. You'll probably remember, you'll wake up and go, what happened? Oh, my gosh, how did
1: he survive, even?
0: I do not know. I don't know. I don't know. And I wouldn't, these are one of those stories, like, a lot of the wrestling stories where you, I would not believe this traditionally. I'd but like this is a lie mm-hmm. but the fact that there are first off the police have like all this burning down and then like the deportation uh, I don't think there's still a lot or at least I don't think Sid's allowed in London he might be actually I think he is because there was no charges so I think there are back
1: dude I don't care if I even instigated it if I got stabbed 20 times in the chest I'm pressing charges
0: you're a normal person. Right. <laughs> you're not a wrestler. Wrestlers is so I like to tell these wrestling stories because like I want people to understand how these guys were at a point. Like the way they they hid this so much like the the levels of dumb stupid shit they were willing to go through in order to keep the idea that wrestling was real. To, like, everyone around the world. It's lunacy. Like, there's so many stories. And, like, I'll do some other ones down the line. But there's so many stories up to, like, 99-ish. Like, everyone started to understand that it was kind of fake-ish. To, like, around... They say ninety five when, or I think it was ninety five or ninety six when Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and uh, Triple H or Paul and uh, X Pac did their whole little hug after like they all left and went their different ways. That's when people say that. That's when they found out that it wasn't real because they called out the curtain call. Like they pulled the curtain back on what wrestling was, but it was. Way before that people had probably been saying for years that this shit is fake. But like these guys you'll have situations like people who got hit by the car are hit by a car and they thought like it was a storyline, but the people at the arena thought it was real, so they called the cops about it. Like they it used to be just a different level of things that they used to do. Like the police used to actually go to these wrestlers and be like, Yo, is this real? Like, what's going on? Oh
1: if I, if I was a fan though and I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's real, maybe it's fake, I don't know. It's like at this stage, and then they're mm-hmm. like, by the way, Sid Vicious stabbed this other wrestler 20 times in the chest. I'd be like, damn, maybe it is real.
0: The, but at the time, they were able to hide it mostly, because like Sid was gone, and then Arn just was off TV for a while. Mm. So it's like they were able to play it off. But for me... I look at wrestling, and I like doing these because it allows me to talk about like a thing that I really enjoyed for a long time. I look at wrestling as like, like if you if soap operas were real to you at a point in your life, if you were watching something like a General Hospital every week and you thought it was real, like that's why I look at it. Like if you really think about it, wrestling was the original reality show.
1: That's right. Like, it was
0: like, yeah, you would watch it every single week. And like this is like a real thing with these real people going through actual issues and every day you would get to talk about it with your friends and go like what do you think these guys will do they fought each other but at the end of the day they fought at the end of the like they fought each other in the ring or sometimes in the back or wherever they saw each other they fought and you get to like randomly run into them and be like yo hulk hogan like how do you feel about you know, this guy, and he'll actually tell you how he feel at a time, and it just, it, it's that same feeling you get, I feel like, when you watch a reality show, like, when, when they first came on in, like, 07. Like, when the first few reality, not 07, let's go to the real world, back in, like, the 90s, when the real world first hit, and everyone was like, oh, this shit is real! That's why I feel like wrestling is.
1: So, at this point in they, time with wrestling, do they also have, like, the the, like, candid camera type of stuff like i guess maybe that's not the right term but they would have like the back hallway interviews and stuff like that where they're like not just showing the matches they're like showing that that's yeah that's all that's like dedication to like world building there that's crazy yes
0: they would have the promos so they would have like a they used to have a specific promo set where the people guys went to and would cut a promo, either it'd be in front of the fans, someone that would do they do it in front of the fans and like talk. Or it'd be backstage where they have like, you know, me and Gene Oakland or something and like a, a sign behind them and they'd just cut their promo and say what they had to say. It was like all world building. Like it'd be like, Oh my god, this guy doesn't like this guy because of this. Like it was just all the things they had. They would even follow some guys like outside of like just backstage like it would be like randomly walking around like one of the old things that was showing up was when Stone Cold Steve Austin got thrown into like the uh what was that what's that river over there in Detroit Detroit why know. one of the rivers in Detroit like I think the one that separates us from Canada or something I forgot but he gets punched into that and like that was one of the moments that it was like oh they followed him there he just followed them all over the place and you all, no matter where it was, you believed that it was real. And nowadays, we don't have that anymore. So it's like, this is like my way to show if there's like a person who's like 15 listening to this, or like a kid, or like someone who's in their 20s, tw- I hope a kids not listen to this, someone who's <laughs> in their 20s who's listening to this, and they're like, why do people care about wrestling? Because the it was a, literally allowed a bunch of maniacs to just hang out and we get to live with all their idiotic stories that I get to tell to all of you all I can say to that is thank you all for listening and waiting don't forget to join the club on Instagram at Tom and be safe love you all and always remember hashtag join the club anything else before I say bye
1: nope I think that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Yes. Bye.